I'm Daniel Levine, and this is the Bio Report. There's been growing interest in exploring the potential of psychedelics to treat neuropsychiatric conditions. Uncero Therapeutics is part of a growing list of companies that are developing therapies that target the 5-HT2A serotonin receptor, the receptor to which several psychedelics bind, and one that's been clinically validated in a number of psychiatric conditions. The company believes the therapies it's developing have the potential to provide the treatment benefits of these substances without their better-known effects. We spoke to Tim Pizer, Chief Scientific Officer of Uncero, about the case for these drugs to treat conditions like mood disorder, how it's developing its experimental therapy so they don't induce hallucinatory effects, and why he believes the benefits of these drugs can exist independently of their packing a psychedelic punch. Tim, thanks for joining us. It's a pleasure, Danny. Happy to be here. We're going to talk about psychiatric disorders, psychedelics, and unserotherapeutics efforts to develop, to deliver the benefits of this class of compounds separate from inducing their hallucinatory effects. Perhaps we can start with a, a bit of historical perspective. What's been known about the potential therapeutic benefits of psychedelics, and how did they go from indigenous and countercultural use to serious study and subject of drug development efforts. Several excellent reviews of the history of research into the medical use of psychedelics have been published in the scientific literature by leading researchers in the field, um, such as Roland Griffiths at Johns Hopkins, Robin Carhart-Harris at Imperial College London, and I refer your listeners to these resources. Briefly, while psychedelics had for centuries been used for indigenous sacramental purposes. The chemical basis for the action of these drugs was not known in the West before the chemical structures of several psychedelics were resolved in the first half of the 20th century, which suggested a link to the neurotransmitter serotonin. The potential therapeutic utility of psychedelics as treatments for mood disorders and alcohol dependence was first suggested by a substantial body of research conducted in the 1950s and the 1960s. But by the late 1960s and early 1970s, this research fell out of favor due to the use of these drugs outside of biomedical research and the concerns that raised about potential public health implications of widespread unregulated use of powerful psychoactive drugs. That led to a long period of quiescence, if you will, and then beginning in 2011 through 2016, several leading academic researchers at major universities published open label pilot or even randomized control trials, small trials, but these reestablished the therapeutic potential of these drugs to treat anxiety and depression in patients with life-threatening cancer or treatment-resistant depression. Combined with this 
profound unmet medical need in these areas. These results sparked the current push to achieve marketing authorization for several classic psychedelics as treatments for a range of complex mental health disorders. And really renewed interest in the neurobiology of the 5-HT2A receptor agonists. That's the pharmacological mechanism of action essential to the effects of these drugs. Well, to what extent have policies on their illicit use slowed recognition of their medical benefits? And what's brought about the change in landscape that's not only got on Cero pursuing these, but a, a number of other therapeutic developers looking at these as real commercial potential. A key point of clarification about Uncero for, for you and your listeners. While we respect these efforts, Uncero is not, in fact, working to bring psychedelic drugs to market as therapeutics. Instead, Uncero sees this research as providing evidence that the pharmacological mechanism of the psychedelics has tremendous therapeutic potential, despite being burdened with significant complexity and cost and risk. This mechanism of action, which is shared by all psychedelic drugs, is agonist activity at the 5-HT2A receptor, which is a receptor for the neurotransmitter serotonin. And it's one of a superfamily of G-protein-coupled receptors, or GPCRs. These are the targets of one-third of all marketed drugs. And by applying new tools and knowledge about GPCR function, to the 5-HT2A receptor, Ancero is designing new compounds that are chemically unlike the psychedelic drugs and have the potential to yield the same therapeutic benefit as the psychedelics, but without the side effects that will limit the accessibility to psychedelic treatments for millions of patients worldwide who suffer from these disorders. But regarding your question about illicit use and policies impacting the reemergence of psychedelics as medicines, it's important that your listeners understand that I am a drug developer working in the conventional ethical regulatory regime to bring new medicines to market. So I, I do not have particular insight into legislation and policy around illicit drugs. Nevertheless, it's important to consider the potential unknown public health risks that legislatures and policymakers take into account when considering widespread use of powerful psychoactive drugs. So while the pace of research was slowed by these policies, from the perspective of safe therapeutic use of psychedelic drugs, the current status of research within the conventional regulatory regime will likely be viewed in hindsight as an improvement. There have long been drugs that seek to regulate serotonin levels you talked about the 5-HT2A serotonin receptors. What's known about targeting these receptors as a way to address conditions like depression and addiction? Well, um, psilocybin is a one of the well-known psychedelic drugs. And this class is defined as 5-HT2A receptor agonists that elicit altered states of consciousness. And these drugs produce acute changes in mental state that require clinical supervision for their medical use, but also appear to elicit rapid antidepressant effects in some patients. And an oral formulation of psilocybin is currently entering phase three 
That's the final stage of clinical development prior to approval. Um, and it's being developed for treatment resistant depression. Um, as far as addiction, neither, there, there are no um, phase three clinical trials yet for these drugs in addiction, but an emerging body of clinical research suggests the potential that psychedelic drugs may be useful to treat addiction. How might drugs that target 5-HT2A differ in terms of their effects from, say, SSRIs? The utility of uh, psychedelic drugs in depression is likely for patients for whom marketed antidepressants like SSRIs are ineffective, either as first-line treatment or in the one-third of patients with depression who experience treatment-resistant depression after a sequence of up to three ineffective treatments with various marketed antidepressants. The only head-to-head -head study of a marketed SSRI, escitalopram and psilocybin, which is an academic study published in New England Journal of Medicine in 2021, found that both treatments were effective but did not find major differences in efficacy of these drugs in patients with depression. But this study was not conducted in patients with treatment-resistant depression. The largest study I've already referred to of a formulation of psilocybin conducted to date, which was a phase two study in the development program is now in phase three, showed that psilocybin was effective in patients with treatment-resistant depression, most of whom had previously been treated unsuccessfully with an SSRI. So psilocybin is likely to provide rapid, short-term relief of symptoms of depression for some people who have not benefited from treatment with marketed antidepressants, including SSRIs. So this finding is important because it represents the largest and most rigorous trial conducted to date. But I refer your listeners to a, a commentary accompanying the publication of the results of this trial in the New England Journal of Medicine, which puts this encouraging result in the appropriate context of some of the shortcomings and pitfalls in the development of psychedelic drugs as therapeutics. A key difference between psychedelic drugs and SSRIs is that multiple SSRIs have been proven effective in phase three clinical trials. And SSRIs, while not without side effects and safety risks, can be safely self-administered at home. In contrast, psilocybin has not yet been tested in phase three clinical trials. And in every trial conducted to date, psilocybin has been administered under medical supervision due to hallucinations and other serious ad adverse event risks, which will surely be required if and when psilocybin is marketed for medical use. And finally, depression, and especially treatment-resistant depression, as with most serious mental health disorders, is a chronic disorder. Now, SSRIs are approved for chronic treatment. And psychedelic drugs appear to show marked, markedly sustained effects even after single doses but ultimately provide temporary relief. And the safety and efficacy of psychedelic drugs as chronic therapy has not yet been evaluated. There's some debate with, in this area of drug development about whether or not the psychedelic effects of these drugs are inseparable from the potential benefit they provide 
what's the case that the benefits of targeting 5-HT2A to treat neuropsychiatric conditions can be had independent of, say, their hallucinogenic effects? Two observations suggest the possibility that a drug that binds and activates 5-HT2A receptors differently than psychedelics may elicit some effects of psychedelic drugs and not others, possibly yielding therapeutic benefits without hallucinations. The first observation is that psychedelic drugs do not have one single effect on conscious experience or on brain function, but several statistically and temporally differentiable effects that map to different brain networks. For example, hallucinations are not the same effect on conscious experience as a sense of increased insightfulness or spirituality or oceanic boundlessness. The various effects of psychedelics on consciousness and on brain function are likely mediated by different neural mechanisms operating in different parts of the brain. While these various effects are roughly correlated and correlate with reductions in symptoms in some, in some studies, this correlation may merely reflect that these effects are all mediated by the same molecular event, which is binding and activation of 5-HT2A receptors by psychedelic drugs. So the apparent relationship between psychedelic effects and reductions in symptoms is a correlation, but may not reflect causation. It's unclear, therefore, at present whether hallucinations have any causal relationship to the effects of psychedelic drugs. And there are certainly patients who experience hallucinations, but no relief of symptoms in clinical trials for these drugs. In addition, hallucinations are very short-lasting for just a few hours after psychedelic drugs are ingested, but the therapeutic response is long-lasting. So these pharmacodynamic effects have very different relationships to the time course of drug exposure. The second observation that suggests the hypothesis that there can, that there can be hallucinogenic and non-hallucinogenic 5-HT2A receptor agonists that are useful as medicines comes from decades of GPCR research. Different drugs can bind and activate different signaling states of the same receptor. So it's plausible to hypothesize that a drug that binds 5-HT2A receptors and activates a particular signaling mechanism in common with psychedelic drugs in brain circuits that mediate, for example, emotional and self-referential processing may elicit a rapid and sustained change in network function that mediates antidepressant effects. But the same drug may also bind 5-HT2A receptors, but activate less or not at all another signaling mechanism activated by psychedelic drugs in different brain circuits that mediate, for example, visual processing. So this new drug may lack impairments in visual processing that mediate hallucinations caused by psychedelic drugs. This is the pharmacology suggested by the mouse studies and the recent Nature paper by Brian Roth and colleagues. In fact, the drug Lizuride, which is marketed for the treatment of Parkinson's disease, is known to be a 5-HT2A receptor agonist and does not cause hallucinations in human subjects. Of course, this can ultimately only be determined by developing and testing these new chemical entities in clinical trials. And this is important because while it appears that likely some psychedelic drugs 
will become regulated commercial medicines despite their hallucinogenic effects. These effects will lead to higher risks and costs and limited access to treatment. So for the majority of people who suffer serious mental health disorders, there are major implications of the hypothesis that acute psychedelic effects mediate the efficacy of these drugs. So testing the alternative hypothesis is medically important. Do you think we need new terminology for psychedelics? Should they be thought of as something else in terms of these new uses? If these drugs work in clinical trials, as suggested by the Nature paper, these drugs will not be psychedelic in that unlike psychedelics, while they're 5-HT2A receptor agonists, they will lack hallucinations at their therapeutically effective dose. And they will thus likely earn a new terminology based on a clinical psychopharmacology and benefit risk profile different from psychedelic drugs. Now, the, the G-protein coupled receptor or GPCR research community has already developed over decades a terminology for this putative mechanism, the most recent form of which is signal-biased 5-HT2A receptor agonists. But we'll see if this terminology evolves during the development of this new class of drugs. Well, how did your company come about and focus on the potential of these compounds? Ancero came about through the transformation of an earlier entity called Noetic Foundry. And Ancero is a vessel within which to pursue the most promising approach to make accessible the true potential of this mechanism to the broadest possible patient population. The scientific work that led to the founding of Ancero took place within a consortium of universities led by Brian Roth, John Jin, Brian Shoikat, John Elman, and their colleagues, including the University of North Carolina, Mount Sinai School of Medicine, University of California, San Francisco, Stanford, Duke, and Yale University, which was funded by DARPA, the Defense Advanced Research Projects Agency, to discover new 5-HT2A receptor agonists for the treatment of complex mental health disorders, drugs specifically that lacked hallucinogenic effects. And Ancero's mission is to complete this work by developing new medicines from this chemical matter. It's an interesting project for DARPA to fund. Any, any notion of why they were interested in exploring this area? Yes, I think clinical evidence has mounted that the 5-HT2A receptor is the key determinant, the key mechanism of the psychedelic drugs in their effects, in their therapeutic effects. And this led to confidence in placing funding into very large-scale structure-based virtual screens of, of the drug-like space, if you will, to find whole new chemistries, chemically distinct from this, the psychedelic drugs that had new pharmacology and might access this therapeutic mechanism without hallucinogenic effects. And the implications for veterans DARPA's key constituency, core constituency, are folks who often are suffering from serious and complex mental health disorders and really could do without the burden 
of hallucinogenic effects carried by the psychedelic therapeutics, the potential psychedelic therapeutics. So DARPA made this investment to try to realize that true potential uh, for these for these folks. And where is Ansaro in terms of building a pipeline? Has it identified lead indications it's pursuing or any lead candidates? We have identified indeed lead indications and the opportunities are broad here. We've, we've mentioned, of course, treatment resistant depression, but the evidence for the potential efficacy of psychedelic drugs as therapeutics is, is across a number of indications. And, and we have um, benefited from the work that was done within uh, the DARPA consortium to identify and to advance at the early stage um, several new series of chemical matter, if you will, that carry not only are chemically novel with respect to the psychedelics, but carry this new pharmacology. And so we hope to, from that uh, starting point, to, to identify a number of um, development candidates for multiple indications in the coming year. And what's the regulatory path forward? Is there a point at which you would expect to file an IND or be in the clinic? Yes, uh, Ansara will, of course, follow conventional regulatory path from pivotal non-clinical safety studies to IND, and then phase one and phase two and phase three clinical studies to marketing authorization. And of course, developing a new class of drugs provides the opportunity to learn along the way the indications and patients that benefit best most from these treatments. And Ansara will explore these options um, clinically by working with partners to embed within our conventional clinical trials, new emerging functional imaging and computational methods. And these methods can map, can match the map of a drug effects on brain function, which has already been reported for psychedelic drugs, 5-HT2A agonist psychedelic drugs, can match that map with new functional imaging and computational methods, can match that map with dysregulated function linked to patient symptoms as measured on acceptable clinic, on accepted clinical scales. And these data are accessible in public domain data sets generated in recent years by NIMH funded consortia. So we can marry together new pharmacology, new chemistry targeting this validated target with the latest in brain imaging capabilities to try to make sure we're steering these development programs to the patients and indications that will benefit the most. And we'll, of course, work with health authorities to use these methods to map a development plant path that reaches patients likely to benefit the most from these treatments. Is there any way to tell prior to testing in humans, if you're hitting this target, whether you are causing any hallucinatory effects? Well, the observation that psychedelic drugs have therapeutic potential emerge from, emerge from clinical experience and not from animal model studies. So, of course, we only know the answer by conducting clinical trials. But there have been many studies of psychedelic drugs in animals. And some of the behavioral tests conducted on mice in the Nature paper, published by Brian Roth and his colleagues, and, and in other uh, published literature, have shown very high predictive validity for the potency of hallucinatory effects on human subjects. An example of this would be 
the head twitch response in mice, which is a, a canonical behavior spontaneously elicited in mice by administering 5-HT2A receptor agonist psychedelic drugs. And the paper showed markedly less of these effects at antidepressant-like doses in mice of these new 5-HT2A receptor agonists compared with well-known psychedelic drugs. In fact, this is at least a third uh, such observation. 5-HT2A receptor agonists with antidepressant effects at doses, doses lacking hallucinogenic effects in animal model studies. And, and I refer your listeners to recent papers in the journals Cell and Science for similar observations. The key new element in the Nature paper is the massive scale on which the structure-based virtual screening was conducted and the structural resolution of the resulting drug receptor interaction in this DARPA-funded effort to identify chemically novel 5-HT2A receptor binding compounds with this novel pharmacological mechanism of action. That kind of structure-based designed insight is highly enabling to drug discovery and development. And how is Oncero funded to date and how far will existing funding take you? Well, Oncero is well-funded uh, by private investors and like every uh, biopharmaceutical company, uh, in our stage is actively engaged in additional fundraising and will need to raise additional funds to take compounds into uh, clinical development. Tim Pizer, Chief Scientific Officer of Oncero Therapeutics. Tim, thanks so much for your time today. Thank you, Danny. It was a pleasure meeting with you. Thanks for the opportunity. Thanks for listening. The Bio Report is a production of the Levine Media Group. To automatically download this podcast each week, subscribe to our RSS feed or through iTunes or other podcast manager. To join our mailing list, go to levinemediagroup.com. We'd love to hear from you. If you want to drop us a line or are interested in sponsoring this podcast, send an email to danny at levinemediagroup.com. Special thanks to Jonah Levine, who composed our theme music, and the Jonah Levine Collective, which performs it.